Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. All right, my friends, today is, um, I have to tell you, days like this are really, I I don't even know if I have the words. Um, When you, you know, have to come on this show, show and talk in light of uh, this this tragic terrible evil act yesterday that was committed um in a Texas school um leading to the death of at the time that I'm I, what I'm aware of right now is 18 18 children uh, at least one teacher maybe two I don't know if the second adult was uh, I don't know if that's plus the shooter again I don't say the shooter's names on here um, that's that's not what we what we do um, but it's it's really I, I don't um, I don't always know how to approach this and I think I think that um, for those who I mean, this is politicized immediately, and I'm going to have to address this today. I, I feel that that is important. Um, we shouldn't be making policy-based decisions when there's a highly emotional situation. And what happened at that school yesterday in Texas was absolutely terrible and i i hate i do i love doing this show i just i don't like doing i don't like having to talk in the wake of these big events because folks it's really hard to think of the right word here it's it's really hard to manage these things properly these days like this if your job is to talk for a living. And I think first and foremost what we have to do is acknowledge that what we witnessed or what we what we know happened yesterday, which again if you didn't see a, an 18-year-old um, young man took initial report said a handgun and potentially a rifle um, into a school outside of a little bit west of San Antonio, Texas and shot and killed 18, 18 students, 18 kids. And as, I mean, a parent myself, um, having, I've never been a teacher, I've, I've subbed, I've been a substitute teacher before, I've worked, I ran a, uh, a boys and girls club before, to just think about the loss of that 
of those young life, uh, those young lives is is absolutely terrible. Loss of the the teacher and the adults tragic as well. Um, I don't mean to detract from that, but there's something I would say even extra wicked and atrocious when it comes to the loss of to intentionally take the life of a of a child and of course in the wake of this there's uncontrolled um i would say uncontrolled rage that you see on social media i looked yesterday i saw some of the trends for those of you that aren't on social media maybe sometimes i think um that might be the better choice I usually go on there to either connect with people that listen to this program or maybe see some things that might be relevant to the conversation on here. Um, But some of the things that were trending yesterday were shut up, and these were all in reference to this shooting. So basically anyone uh, who was a Republican was told to shut up. Uh, Go to hell was another thing that was trending. So on Twitter, for example, um, if a common theme is used in a series of tweets, it'll trend. And of course, that, that opens up a whole nother conversation with what social media is doing and how they, you know, do they actually, is this really organic or are they, you know, pushing the needle internally to get things to trend that they want? Sometimes, oftentimes there's hashtags along with these things, which means you can search for something that has a, a hashtag, a common hashtag, which is usually debate. I don't even want to call it debate on Twitter. It's just Screaming at each other on Twitter often using those those hashtags. Um, so shut up was trending. Go to hell was trending. Spare was trending. But the full phrase was spare me the BS. Yes, I can say bull crap, but not that. Just the other the other word there. And that's because uh, Senator Murphy was on the Senate floor and said basically spare me the BS because um, the United States doesn't have mental illness, more mental illness than any other nation. What we have is a bigger gun problem than any other nation. Of course, you see people who are furious about those who tweet out things like we're keeping the families in our thoughts and prayers, which <sighs> I, I sometimes wonder... And, you know, I, I am coming at this from a, I mean, I you know that I'm a believer, right? Um, and you don't have to be. I hope that you would consider that, but that's another discussion. I'm just saying that I'm a believer. I believe in the power of prayer, the sovereignty of God, uh, the forgiveness of Christ. I sometimes wonder, though, why, and, and I, I think I understand why people want to tweet these things out. But I don't understand. I don't know that I understand that. Why are we, why are we tweeting these things, and uh, why do people feel the need to say these things? Um, you know, at a time like this, I think the first thing to do is just empathize, man. Just to think about the loss of life for a young child. And I'm going to play. I, I'm actually going to play the entire Biden speech. I kind of went back and forth on this. It's pretty short as speeches go maybe six minutes total, um, something like that. So maybe seven. And I, I want to play it because he he empathizes on the front side. I, mean, I don't want to be overly critical of, of Biden. You know what I think about Biden in general. Um, but I think that is the first thing to, to do here. I've, 
I don't know firsthand what this would feel like. I know that it has to be among the worst possible experience for a human being to live through, if not literally the worst. I I mean, it's I, I can fathom a few things that would, uh, at least in my mind, from what I can ascertain, that would come close uh, to, to the loss and the grief and just what comes next for the people who lost for the school district, the school, the teachers, the other students that witnessed this, the brothers and sisters at home who now are missing a sibling, the parents, the grandparents, the cousins, the friends. I, I mean, it just extends into so many, so many lives are now experienced. So many people are now experiencing great loss and empathizing with that. Um, of course, I think a Christian should pray, but I don't know that it's always necessary. Maybe, maybe it's never necessary. I don't know. I, I just wonder, is, is it even necessary to say these things? Um, and I'm, please don't misunderstand if you've tweeted that. I, I'm not, I'm just thinking maybe, um, maybe sometimes this is said because people don't know what to say. And I think sometimes, you know, I've been in those instances before. Um, more times than I would have liked to have been when someone shares a heavy burden, a loss, massive grief, and there's not, there's really not anything you can say. And some things are just bigger than all of us. And the loss of these children would certainly uh, be at the top of that list. Also, as I'm looking through the things that were trending on social media, some of the comments, the common comments, I should say, that I've stumbled across or things that I've heard besides besides an anger. I would say a fury and an anger, and people are blaming Republicans for this immediately. I mean, there's, there's almost no uh, even initial response or just reaction time now. It's immediately school shooting, blame Republicans, blame people who have taken money from the NRA. In fact, that was another trend that I recognized. It wasn't a trend that was that you could search for on Twitter or social media, but it was something that I saw and I read a lot of responses. But basically one of the common threads or common themes is if you're a senator, a member of Congress, you cannot be endorsed by the NRA and a care if kids get shot and killed. That's a common common theme. And also the um, on the fringe, but I think it's becoming a bigger a bigger fringe group, the group that outright says, yes, I want to come for your guns, all of your guns. And people act like that's not a thing. Um, that is a thing. These things, they're multifaceted. Not everybody falls into every category. But this is what is going on um, on the social um, social media landscape and some of the responses that are out there. But this is this is tough coming in here, and and having to wade through these things and to just um, I feel I feel it's unavoidable that I'm going to have to address some of the issues today because they've already been made into issues, and there's some that I think are some of these things are spoken out of anger and just extreme sadness. Some is uh, you know, 
strictly politically motivated, which is, I mean, absolutely atrocious. Whoever's doing that, um, people who look at this as a political sort of opportunity, is, I would say that that's ap- absolutely evil and reprehensible. But that's not everybody. But there is a lot of intellectual dishonesty I want to I want to go through. In fact, one of the common themes you would have seen yesterday as well if you were on social media is conservatives only care about fetuses with heartbeats, not children outside the womb with heartbeats. Um, that's not an accurate depiction. We'll probably um, talk about that. I've got some thoughts on that as well. That That is reprehensible. That's I don't know of any person. I don't know of any person who feels that way. Um and positioning it as such, I think, is intellectually dishonest. I think it is opportunistic. Politically, I think, I think people are looking at it this way. And if that is true, then it's, then it's an evil thing to say and do, um, using a tragic event to make the case for a political issue. Now, inevitably, it's going to come up. And, and I would expect that, but not in the hours following. Not in the hours following the event. Um, it's it's really a highly volatile time politically. Emotions are high. There's a lot of stuff going on in the political world. Um, you know, I'm trying. You know, trying to balance between empathizing with those who lost life, those who lost loved ones, trying to also correctly frame some of the things that have already been done, some of the intellectual dishonesty and political opportunism that I've seen out there, I, I feel like that has to be addressed, and that's one of the reasons I'm behind the microphone. But I think to get there, you just can't come out, in my opinion anyway, to come out and go straight into that is just not, I don't think, being very human. I think sometimes... Um, some conservatives uh, just some conservatives jump maybe uh, straight into the issues, and I I understand because there are other consequences, and we can't be we can't be naive to thinking what some folks want to see and how folks some folks are prepared to use an absolutely horrible and tragic event like this. Um, but this is life and death. Right, I mean, this is this is life and death. This is um, this will change people's lives forever. And whatever our opinions are on the specifics of the issue and guns or whatever else, I think that spending some time just to empathize and just acknowledge that where we are as um, in this country, whether it's a subculture or, or whatever, and I know people want to bring up. Um, mental illness, and there's certainly cases where mental illness is a problem, but I, I still think that we're looking at a, a spiritual problem as well. I don't think that's a hundred percent. I think that if people would, would turn and repent and and move to Christ, that that would have tremendous impact. Don't misunderstand me, but I don't think every, every example can. You know, there, there's people of all faiths who who do reprehensible things. So there's other things going on here. Um, but that's that's a part of this too. In fact, we talked about that last week. I mean, after the the Buffalo uh, and the California shootings, we talked about those very things. So this is, of course, going to be front and center. 
There's going to be um, some strong emotions on on both sides of the of the gun debate, uh, but it's going to happen yet again, and it's important that we be able to have a real discussion about these things <clears throat> without. I think I think what inevitably happens is that what's on the chopping block for a lot of the radical left in these discussions is the absolute abolishment of the Second Amendment. And that's not everybody, but that's a real fear of people because there is protected with or enumerated in that right this concept that says we have the right to protect ourselves from, um, well, from anyone, be it a, a criminal, someone who's trying to harm us or our family or it could even be the the government. That's that's the reason the first or the second amendment, I should say, is in the Constitution. And so some folks um, want to completely just wipe it out and say no more guns. Others want to regulate, um, which again, a right is something we have from God. We have this right to to protect ourselves from our government and from from other people using using a firearm. Uh, but there's doesn't mean that there can never be any. Um, limit <clears throat> placed on. I mean, even with free speech, there's there's some things that can't very limited things, but you know you're you're not allowed to the the, the common go to is yell fire in a crowded movie theater, for example. Um, so it doesn't mean that there's no government interest at all in having some sort of way to to have some oversight or what have you. Um, but of course, they usually want to do a lot more than than that. So we're gonna go. You know, this this debate's coming again, and we just need to be prepared. But I think the first thing we all need to do is, man, it is to just be just be human for a moment, and just to share in the grief, and not worry about who's Democrat, Republican, any of that stuff, and just think this is this is terrible. These sorts of things are terrible and wicked and evil. And maybe along this process, just by being human, maybe we can, I don't know, connect with people and be able to communicate. Now, some don't want to. Some have it set in their mind what needs to happen, and that's the complete, I mean, you know, erasing the Second Amendment. So, tough day for all of us. I don't like doing this. It's a necessary part of, of what has to happen, though. And I'm going to take a break. When we come back, long in this segment, but we are going to play Biden's speech, and I want to talk about it. It's not super long, um, but we should be prepared for what's going to come in short order here um, when it comes to gun control, some of the things they want to push, um, and we have to be prepared to fight that. And I think, again, um, we have to be prepared to fight it, but we also have to be prepared to, um, you know, to to accept and acknowledge just this, just the grief, the hum- the humanity, um, the loss, and all that stuff as well. So that's that's where I wanted to start. I just feel like anything that's not preceded by that, um, a lot of people aren't even going to to hear, and it's it's almost necessary to just express those things before we enter into a discussion of topics um, that are that have come up because of 
absolute evil atrocities committed against children. So quick time out, my friends. Listening to Conservative Not Better Talk, I am your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. my friends so let's i want to play the beginning of biden's speech last night um in the wake of the school shooting biden of course was in asia um and upon returning to the uh, to the u.s he made this speech and i want to start with i'm going to play the whole thing we're going to break it up um but this is as he stands at the podium um i've not edited any of this it'll just stop and start based upon where we are in the in the speech. I kind of see this as, I don't know, there's three or four parts of this speech that we'll talk about here. So that being said, he is taken to the podium, stands there in silence. You'll hear a kind of a sigh at the beginning of this, and then he starts a speech. But this is Biden and his remarks last night in the wake of the school shooting in Texas. Good evening, fellow Americans. I'd hoped when I became president, I would not have to do this again. Another massacre, Uvalde, Texas, an elementary school, beautiful, innocent, second, third, fourth graders. And how many scores of little children who witnessed what happened, see their friends die as if they're on a battlefield, for God's sake. They'll live with the rest of their lives. There's a lot we don't know yet. There's a lot we do know. The parents who will never see their child again, never have them jump in bed and cuddle with them, Parents will never be the same. To lose a child is like having a piece of your soul ripped away. There's a hollowness in your chest. You feel like you're being sucked into it and never going to be able to get out. Suffocating. It's never quite the same. It's a feeling shared by the siblings and the grandparents and the family members and the community that's left behind. Scripture says, Jill and I have talked about this in different contexts, another context. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. So many crushed spirits. So tonight, I ask the nation to pray for them, give the parents and siblings the strength in the darkness they feel right now. As a nation, we have to ask. Okay, that's kind of the first part of the speech. I'm going to stop and take a break here. When we come back, this middle part of the speech, he goes after the gun lobby. There's some things I want to alert your attention to. Uh, First... Uh, you know, I, I appreciate a lot of, of President Biden's words in this first segment. Now, again, 
Look, I know. Viewing these things through the lens of politics and knowing what we know, I I know that there's a lot of things that, um, you, you know, if people want to talk about the intentions or what, what you know, they're, I, again, I just, there's something I'm not comfortable talking about today, but I'm just taking this at face value. He's right in empathizing with people here. He's right to spend some time in acknowledging the grief and the pain and the loss that has been ushered in by some completely evil individual hellbent on doing the worst the worst thing you could possibly do um, to to another person especially to to children in my way of thinking um, I do find it interesting and I'm applaud I applaud the fact that suddenly we can quote the Bible and pray so I'd like to see that continue um, no matter who it is that's quoting the Bible and wanting to pray, assuming everybody's, of course, um, doing so from a place of sincerity and actually trying to bring about healing and actually relying upon um, the Bible in a way that's not designed to manipulate or whatever. But um, I'm glad to hear that. So that's the first part of the speech. The middle part of the speech is what we need to get ready for, what we need to be prepared for. And this is, of course, going to shift instantaneously. I mean... He said the words, expressed the grief, um, and now the the political beast is going to get into um, full attack mode now. And this is going to be a contentious issue here um, for the next, well, for, for the foreseeable uh, future. So it's important through this that we course maintain a strong defense of our god-given rights to protect ourselves while also um you know if, if there are look and i'm not suggesting i know that there i don't want anyone to misunderstand me but if there's a proposal that's made um that may actually be helpful and there's no real threat to our liberties then those things should absolutely be considered um but acting as though acting as though everyone with the gun is the problem is clearly not clearly not the case when you think about the number of weapons and the number of uh, the amount of ammunition that uh, peaceful gun-loving americans have it's they're clearly not part of the problem but there are individuals evildoers that inflict terrible things upon people when um, when given the opportunity. And truth be told, and this is something I wish would be, you know, considered as well, um, you know, evil can be committed with other things. We've seen people run people over with their cars. We saw that last, was it Christmas? Um, of course, 9-11. Uh, the hijackers used planes. I mean, people make IEDs. We had the crockpot bomber um, at the Boston Marathon several years ago. Um, so anyway, evil is, I think, a part of this as well, as well that needs to be addressed. And from a spiritual perspective, I would say I hope that um, I hope that Americans would begin to uh, to pursue the truth, the ultimate truth in that regard, and and do what the the Bible tells us to do, which is um, humble ourselves and pray and. 
seek his face, turn from our wicked ways. That's that's part of this, I think, too. And I hope that um, we don't just gloss over this, either just immediately assume it was either mental illness or the gun's problem. Um, we the, the condition of the heart is something that is always um, that's always a problem as well. And the person that inflicted this damage, this death upon innocent children, was acting completely, uh, completely evil. So, timeouts in order. Want to play the middle part of this speech when we get back? So, tight, my friends, listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. Back here in just a minute. <laughs> So let's pick up here Biden's speech, the middle part, which is when he starts going after guns. And I, the other thing I want you to pay attention to is how many times Biden says things like, for God's sake and God's name, all this stuff. Um, he does it quite a few times here. I want you to listen to this middle part. Now, this is the part we can all generally agree with the empathy part, or I think we should be able to get there. This is the part that we've got to say, now, wait a minute. There's other considerations for COVID. In COVID, for example, um, everyone wanted to see people stay healthy, but then they had the solution or what they proposed as the solution to keep everyone healthy. And it was shutting down the economy, locking you in your homes, telling you to you know, basically sit there and wait for the government to take care of you. And of course, there's other things that, that we have to think about. And this is the part that we have to have political freedom of speech to engage and not... Uh, not be able to be hamstrung in our abilities to politically fight back. So I want you to listen to what his arguments are. They don't really lay out anything specifically, but they target they target the uh, the gun lobby, the NRA, pretty much. Here, listen to this. As a nation, we have to ask: When, in God's name, are we going to stand up to the gun lobby? When, in God's name? We do what we all know in our gut needs to be done. It's been 3,448 days, 10 years since I stood up at a high school in Connecticut, a grade school in Connecticut, where another government ma- massacred 26 people, including 20 first graders at Sandy Hook Elementary School. Since then, there have been over 900 incidents gunfires reported on school grounds. Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida. Santa Fe High School in Texas. Oxford High School in Michigan. The list goes on and on. And the All list gun-free grows zones, by the way. When it includes mass shootings at places like movie theaters, houses of worship, as we saw just 10 days ago at a grocery store in Buffalo, New York. I am sick and tired of it. We have to act. And don't tell me we can't have an impact on this carnage. I spent my career as a senator and a vice president working to pass common sense gun laws. Did they work is the question. We can't that I would ask. prevent every tragedy, but we know they work and have positive impact. When we passed the assault weapons ban, mass shootings went down. When the law expired, mass shootings tripled. The idea that an 18-year-old kid can walk into a gun store and buy two assault weapons 
it's just wrong. This is intellectually dishonest, by the way. What in God's name do you need a solvent for except to kill someone? Salt weapon. He doesn't. Durant aren't running through the forest with Kevlar vests on, for God's sake. There's again. It's just sick. And the gun manufacturers have spent two decades aggressively marking assault weapons, which make them the most and salt largest weapons. profit. Assault weapons. Assault weapons. For God's sake, we have to have the courage to stand Stop up to the it. industry. For goodness sake. Here's what else I know. Most Americans support common sense laws, common sense gun laws. Which rarely come from the radical left. I just got off a trip from Asia meeting with Asian leaders. And I learned of this while I was on the aircraft. And what struck me on that 17-hour flight, what struck me was these kinds of mass shootings rarely happen anywhere else in the world. Why? They have mental health problems. They have domestic disputes in other countries. They have people who are lost. But these kinds of mass shootings never happen with the kind of frequency they happen in America. Why? Why are we willing to live with this carnage? Why do we keep letting this happen? Where in God's name is our backbone? I'm going to take a break. It's getting to the end. but um, So obviously, you can see where this is going from the political side now. Um, but again, I feel it's appropriate, number one, to point out, didn't, I mean, he, he said he was, I mean, he was in the Senate um, for basically 40-some years. Why did the law, I mean, he even referenced laws, common sense laws that he helped pass then. Why didn't they help things. Of course, one of the laws was repealed, the assault weapons ban, the so-called assault weapons ban, which of course is how he's framing the debate here, which is intellectually dishonest or completely ignorant, one of the two, because what's often referred to as an auto, or a, uh, assault weapon is not that at all. It just looks in, uh, it looks a certain way that makes people say that. But, um, you know, there's there's a real disconnect here between Second Amendment people, people who love freedom, and some of the things that, of course, we're moving moving toward here. Um, anyway, just sharing this with you. It's, it's, it's a tough day to do this, folks. It's, it's, it's really, of all the days to come in here, that these things, um, I just, I don't know. It's just, um, it's, not, it's not something I look forward to for lots of reasons. So, when we get back, I'm going to play the last bit of this soundbite. Quick timeout is in order, though. Sit tight, my friends. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. I'm going to play the very last bit of this speech. It's just the final minute or so. We don't have much time remaining after that. But I just, I said I'd get this whole speech in. And here again, it is in closing. To have the courage to deal with it and stand up to the lobbies. It's time to turn this pain into action for every parent, for every citizen in this country. We have to make it clear to every elected official in this country it's time to act. It's time for those who obstruct or delay 
or block the common sense gun laws, we need to let you know what are that they? we will not forget. We can do so much more. Not forget. We know. have to do more. Our prayer tonight is those parents lying in bed and trying to figure out Will I be able to sleep again? What do I say to my other children? What happens tomorrow? May God bless the loss of innocent life on this sad day. And may the Lord be near the brokenhearted and save those crushed in spirit, because they're going to need a lot of help and a lot of our prayers. God love you. And he walks away with no no comments. Um, I will say this, though, in, in the time we have remaining. Uh, I said at the beginning, it's very important that we empathize and be human. But at the same time, I think you could feel it at the end there. I think... Oh, man, I, I'm, just, I'm not comfortable talking about this, but this is what I think, and what am I supposed to do? I'm just, I tell you what I think on here every day. I think that the other danger is, on the flip side of that, is allowing a very emotional situation push people into policies that may not be in the best interest of liberty and our God-given rights to actually protect ourselves. Um, because, again, no specifics were given here. Only people were demonized. And I think that that's, that's just, that's really uncalled for. Again, I commended him at the beginning of the speech. I'm not going to criticize or, you know, I'm not going to say that, I'm not going to read into intentions. The the part about the, the policy changes, which were not really specified, we had to be very much on the alert about as to what that's going to look like specifically. And then, of course, at the end, I say, let's let's not let the part of us that wants to empathize and just just you know heal and and, and try to understand and and uh, just the grieving process and the loss. Let's not let that dictate what policies. Um, we we can't let them use that to manipulate and get their way and push something through that's really not in the best interest of of all things when you consider the entire picture of um, of a free people as well. Timeouts in order, my friends. Sit tight. Back in just a minute. All right, my friends. I know today was – look, I, I, I shared this with Oz during the break. I just – I love this show. I love coming in here. I love what I do. I truly do. Um, feel like I was made to do this. And I know that you agree with that statement. But I just, uh, th- these, these days are tough. And we need reason, strong voices of reason who can empathize. So many people, I think, fall into the, I don't know, the trap of saying, you know, thinking that empathy means that we don't, we suddenly abandon reason as the way we think about you know what to do next but anyway gotta go folks talk to you tomorrow sdd